so used to seeing things that, in my opinion, aren't quite right in our treatment of animals. Yeah, the less we eat, the less violence is being done, and the less destruction to the environment. Everyone eats, and everyone has to make a moral decision every time that we sit down to the table. Welcome to the Animal Voices Radio Show, Canada's only radio program on animal advocacy and compassionate living. This is 100.5 FM Co-op Radio CFRO in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on unceded Coast Salish territories. Today is Friday, December the 13th. I am your host, Alison Cole, and I am joined here today by my co-host, Sinead Sanders. Hello. Thank you so much for coming today, Sinead. Welcome, everyone. This is a holiday themed show. Yes, the holidays are here again and what does that mean for us at Animal Voices? Delicious food, visiting with family, holiday music, gifting and giving a conscious nod to the mass consumerism that spreads rampantly, especially throughout this time of the year. On that note, we will welcome back our zero waste expert friend Tasha Lobsinger of the Peace People Project to speak to us about imprinting more lightly on the earth at this time of the year. Tasha is hosting the first ever vegan zero waste holiday market in Vancouver this Sunday, December the 15th. And if you're wondering how a market of vendors can be zero waste, well, you'll find out in this interview coming up soon. Here's a hint. Nothing sold at this market will be new or have packaging. Stay tuned for this segment with Tasha coming up soon. And for our feature interview today, I am thrilled to have a person on the show who has given both me and hundreds of thousands of other people so much joy over the past several years. And I didn't even know she existed until recently. She is Kirsten Kaminsky, an amazing photographer, videographer, and recipe developer, and most commonly known as the Tasty K. Yes, as in the Tasty K Instagram and Facebook channels that showcase fun and tantalizing videos of vegan recipes that leave you thinking, I can make that and I want to make that now. Kirsten has just published a brand new cookbook called Vegan Holiday Cooking and she'll join us on today's show from her home base in Germany to tell us about cooking amazing cruelty-free food for any festive holiday season. That interview is coming up in about 32 minutes, so please do stay tuned. And as for as for us, you know, just people who are, you know, you get close to the holiday season and you start to think about the things that you uh, that you might want to make during the holidays or things that you just feel like making during the week once things get mm, food wise colder, food wise, yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I mean, as soon as it starts to get colder, then uh, then you know, obviously things like stews and soups and curries and things are always really nice things to make. There are loads of plant based versions of of those and I personally love roasting vegetables. <laughs> it's, it's you know, I do too. That's something I discovered many, many years ago when I was learning how to cook vegan, vegetarian. It's so easy. It's so easy. You just chop a bunch of stuff up 
toss it together with some mm-hmm. olive oil and whatever spices you want, throw it in the oven, and then take it out, and you have something that's really delicious, really healthy, and your mm-hmm. house smells excellent. So, what do you like to roast? Maybe I'll, I'll mention some of what I, I like to, well, why don't you start, because I know what you like to roast. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of the time, I mean, sweet potatoes or yams are, are a favorite of mine, and um, also squash is something that I never used to eat before I ditched animal products 10 years ago and uh, and I discovered how much I really like at least some kinds of squash and so and you can roast them and then just eat it with Mm -hmm. rice or something but you can also stuff vegetables and these are things that you can that you can bring to things like holiday gatherings or you can serve at a holiday meal you can stuff things like portobello mushrooms or butternut squash or acorn squash or those little mini pumpkins that look like just decorations you can actually eat those and stuff them full of wild rice and and acorn squash too just like on the cover of the vegan holiday cooking book that we'll be discussing isn't yeah. that beautiful yeah That's such a beautiful and cover i made something like that once and it, i had acorn squash and sliced them and then put them in a pan and then i made like a, a stuffing thing with either quinoa or millet they, they can both use be used the same way or you can use any kind of rice as well mix it with like some dried cranberries so throw some tahini in there actually is really good and there are all sorts of recipes online to look up so roasted vegetables stuffed vegetables and uh and of course savory pies you know shepherd's pie um, veggie pot pie and uh, you can even co- like make a combo of those I saw a recipe online the other day that was that was the pot pie base you know the sort of stewy yeah. sort of base with the potatoes and or with the uh, the peas and everything and then on top it was mashed po- like a mashed potato topping like you'd have for a shepherd's pie like there's mm. just so many ways you sounds can sounds like a shepherd's pie because I actually made the shepherd's pie from the Tasty K's book that we're discussing today and I'm not one to make a shepherd's Shepherd's pie. I I didn't really. I grew up with that with ground meat, right? And it doesn't. But I made it for my friend who I knew would really like it. And this is lentil and mushroom based. I learned how to enjoy handling mushrooms. As I was telling you before, I bought the mushrooms that are really spongy. I think they're shiitake mushrooms. They're kind of fun to cut. And if you can imagine a mixture of lentils and mushrooms followed by um, handmade mashed potato topping on top and there's some there's some spices in it too like I think nutmeg and and there's some thyme in there as well really yummy mm-hmm. very hearty yeah and it's the kind of thing that you can either make and bring to a holiday potluck or something or it's something you can make at the beginning of the week and then just eat it out of your fridge for the week too you know that's what I do too and, uh, and that is also that's that's also a handy sort of thing around the holidays when when you're strapped for time um, some other recipes that people like to try we've had um, is a Chandra Moskowitz on the show before mm-hmm. to talk about her books and one of her more recent ones was the super fun time vegan holiday cookbook and yeah it's, we had her on the show to speak about that maybe about yes. two years ago if you look at animalvoices.org mm-hmm. so I'd recommend uh, looking that one up and there are a few recipes in there for different kinds of seitan roasts and seitan for people who don't know is basically 
wheat gluten. It's the protein from wheat, and uh, you shouldn't be afraid of that. It's it's really great. <laughs> and you shouldn't be afraid because it simply is. You just go to the bulk section of any grocery store and you look for seventy five percent wheat gluten. It looks like wheat. It's just the most. Uh, it's the most high. Pre- it's the most glutinous part of the wheat that's already been taken out. So basically, you stir it with some water, and you're making wheat meat. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's protein. Like that mm-hmm. is something people go, oh, it's gluten. Isn't that bad for you? And you go, well, it's protein. And yeah. everyone's it's always high, high protein. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah. But if you're interested in trying a seitan roast, but are still not up to trying to make it at home yet, maybe then uh, then there are loads of the store bought holiday roasts that you can check out. You know, the there's the Gardein turkey dinners and and the Tofurky. As much as I personally feel sometimes like they need to rebrand because over the years, then pe- Tofurky has just I become like tofurky. this. But it's actually, you know, I yeah, I have to say I made one last year and I'm a lifelong vegetarian just about. And so, you know, Tofurky has been around for a long time and I never ate it a lot, but I, I wound up with one last year and I made it and my boyfriend who is not vegan, he, I wasn't going to even try feeding it to him because I thought, oh, he's just not going to like this. So I'm just going to make it and I'll eat it and see how it is. But I made it with some roasted vegetables on the side and then I left it on the counter to cool. And then I came down and he had tried it and I said, oh, what'd you think? And he said, it was really good. You know, that's the kind of thing you could bring to a holiday dinner or something. And I'm going, well, yeah, that's 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 kind of the point. That's what we've been doing for years. I have one in my fridge right now that I'm taking home for a And so, I mean, one thing I just really think people ought to uh, keep in mind during the holidays is, you know, people love their holiday traditions. And uh, but, you know, people change. We learn new things. And I think that it's a good thing. And in the spirit of the holidays to to adjust our traditions, to let our traditions evolve, to become more compassionate. Because if you're saying, oh, well, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without butter in my mashed potatoes, you can you can make mashed potatoes with olive oil. You can make and with plant-based milks, you know, and does does what you're used to taste so much better than the plant-based versions available that you would be willing to kill someone for it or pay someone to go kill an animal for it or mm-hmm. compromise the future of your planet for it. Especially so. during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be about compassion and giving and caring about others. So so I would encourage anybody to uh, try to try try veganizing at least one one dish on your holiday table this year. And keep listening too because we'll have a great interview about that coming up soon. Thanks, Sinead. Did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time.
now for some events. So, um, as Allison was mentioning, this Sunday, December the 15th, is the Zero Waste Vegan Holiday Market. Uh, this is... You can reduce trash and cruelty with your holiday food and gift shopping this year. The Zero Waste Vegan Market is designed to bring zero waste and vegan education and lifestyle to the community. So this is at 520 Alexander Street from 11 to 5 p.m. this Sunday. And it's just pay what you can and uh, it's suggested $2 contribution to The Pace, which is the place that's hold it, hosting this event. And at the event, there will be hot food and beverages to eat and share, as well as holiday party foods to go. There will be bath and beauty products and market bags and apparel and nothing packaged, nothing new. And there will be a vegan apparel swap and uh, lounge spaces. It's just, it's a really great event. So um, make sure to bring your own containers and cups and cutlery and uh, some of the vendors Oh, there are too many vendors to mention. It's all really tasty. They're like Kula Kitchen, Blue Heron Creamery, Eternal Abundance, all, all good stuff. There will also be workshops um, about DIY oat milk and toothpaste, um, evidence-based look at vegan nutrition, skincare workshop, um, all sorts of things. So again, that's this Sunday, December the 15th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 520 Alexander Street and another vegan market event later on in the week if you can't make it during the day on Sunday then on Thursday night it is the vegan night market and holiday party so Thursday December 19th at 5 p.m. this is at the Waldorf join for the Vancouver for Vancouver's second annual vegan night market holiday edition at the infamous Waldorf Hotel and uh more than 30 vendors from plant-based, drool-worthy foods to clothing, home decor, and bath and body products. Live DJ sets, a festive photo booth, a zero-waste gift wrapping station. So there's also a zero-waste component to this one. And uh, seasonal drink menu. It's the, the vegan night market is always a fun event. And uh, the holiday party version, I think, is going to be excellent. So again, that's 5 to 10 p.m. this Thursday, December 19th at the Waldorf on East Hastings. And really quickly, too, um, next Friday, December the 20th, Meatless Meetup is hosting a vegan cheese tasting and 10% off private shopping event at Vegan Supply in Chinatown. So the Vegan Supply store in Chinatown will be open only for this Meatless Meetup group, and uh, you'll get an exclusive private shopping tour and do some vegan cheese tasting. So if you're, you've been interested in trying vegan cheese, but you don't want to buy a whole block or something, and you're not sure this is a great way to do that you can um, the event is free and it's 7 p.m. next Friday December 20th and you just need to register at uh, meetup.com slash meatless meetup M-E-A-T great group <laughs> yes it's a great group and uh, so yeah highly recommended for anybody who's been interested in trying some vegan cheese and they've got lots of good stuff over there um, if you have an animal friendly event that you'd like to have announced on the show please send it to info at animalvoices.org or you can send us a message on our Facebook page at Animal Voices Vancouver. Thanks so much for the event, Sinead. For today's first interview, we welcome back Tasha Lobsinger on the show from the Peace People Project. Tasha is a vegan and lives a zero waste lifestyle and believes that we can do better for the earth by living minimally 
reusing things until they're broken and always sourcing from existing materials before creating a new demand for production. Tasha also believes that we can do better for the animals by freeing them from human control and by speaking on their behalf every day. The holidays are here again and this Sunday Tasha is hosting a zero waste vegan holiday market open to all in Vancouver. This market will offer an opportunity to reduce trash and cruelty with your holiday food and gift shopping this year. We will learn more about this event and more tips on living a more zero waste lifestyle this holiday season. Hello Tasha and welcome back to the Animal Voices show. Hello, thanks so much for having me back. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today to tell us about the Zero Waste Holiday Market coming up this Sunday in Vancouver. You have about 20 vendors listed on the Facebook event for the market this weekend. Last year, we spoke briefly about your idea to start doing these Zero Waste Markets, and I know you already did one earlier this year, so that's awesome. You spoke about how community vendors who are not Zero Waste usually are stepping up to become Zero Waste and therefore are part of this market, and apparently there is going to be nothing packaged and nothing new for sale there. So inquisitive minds want to know what kind of vendors can we expect to be at the market and how are they transitioning to be zero waste if they weren't already from the beginning? Absolutely. That's a really good question. Um, I want to just say, like, I'm so glad you remembered that I mentioned this, uh, these markets last year on the show because I remember kind of like softly announcing my idea on the show as a brand new concept and now it's been implemented into action so that's pretty exciting to reflect back on as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah so there's 20 vendors coming and uh, some really cool businesses have actually popped up within the last year as well really wrapping the zero waste vegan lifestyle um, Coasty Craft being one of my favorites um, so they do a vegan burger with a jar return system they bike deliver them um, and now they even have upcycled shirts that they've collaborated on with me. Um, they're also offering a lifetime warranty of repairs on them, which is really cool, just kind of um, putting the idea into people's minds that you can repair something when it's got, like, a minor imperfection in it rather than just disposing of it right away. So it really gets the conversation going. Um, there's also really cool business called Sustainable, and they use waste from local microbreweries, um, like recycling barley into flour and making vegan treats from them. So I'm super stoked to meet them uh, in person and to try their products as well. Um, and then just like a variety of vegan food vendors who normally don't operate in a zero-waste way but are for this market. Um, companies like Blue Heron, who would norm- normally have their gourmet vegan cheeses prepackaged, so they've come up with ways to uh, meet the Vancouver Coastal Health guidelines and also serve um, package-free cheeses at the event. They've also been recently added to um, the soap dispensary products as well. Um, and then lots of companies like um, Sweet and Sassy, Coasty, Vancouver Chicken Save um, have come to me within the past year to make their their company's upcycled shirts. Uh, vegan Police is another vegan apparel company that's gone fully upcycled recently. Um, we've got Nano & Co. who recycles fabric into upcycled bags like tote bags for shopping or the small, more bulk bags for shopping for bulk items like coffee beans or um, rice or whatever. 
I love hearing all about this. I'm so excited to attend just to see the innovation that these vendors are going to be displaying there. Our host, Sinead, has a question for you. Yeah, hi, sure. Tasha. <laughs> hey. I feel like the zero waste movement in Vancouver is really becoming a very tangible thing. Are you seeing that as well? And can you speak to us on the rise of the zero waste movement here and yeah. elsewhere? Absolutely, yeah. The city has really become quite zero waste friendly and it's a really big topic and a really big lifestyle that a lot of people are moving towards. A lot of companies are really um, supporting this as well through like mug share programs or, um, you know, there's GoMay is a, a new company that does um, meal preparation and delivery and they have kind of like a container return system, similar um, similar system to Coasty with the jar return. Um, Vancouver itself is implementing styrofoam bans. Um, Vancouver Coastal Health even working with them has been awesome because they were originally pretty resistant to my idea for the zero waste market and coming up with a lot of um, concerns around how to keep things food safe um, with the package free and all the jars. And I've come up with a lot of solutions with them. Um, and now they're, they're considering making this something that other events can kind of incorporate as well so yeah there's lots of support and lots of buzz around the city i mean we also have like the new zero waste vegan cafe kind that opened up this year um which has the mm -hmm. similar kind of leave a jar take a jar system that the soap dispensary and nada have for people coming in and wanting to um take food to go I love this culture. It's exciting. This is, as you and I were speaking about last year, remember, my sister was here. We were talking about how we, like my sister and I, had already been living in this way for many, many years before mm -hmm. it was even known to be like a cool thing. And yeah. now it's burgeoning. So also at the market, there will be some exciting workshops offered. I think they're exciting. This is an all-day market this Sunday. Can you tell us about some of the workshops, please? Yeah, absolutely. So there's four workshops. Um, the first one will be with me, and I'll be making making uh, do-it-yourself toothpaste and oat milk. And then there will be samples as well for people who bring their own jars. Um, and I'll be hosting kind of a, a discussion, getting people involved, just coming up with different ideas for how to have a zero-waste holiday. Um, there's a lot of trash and um, just over-consuming in general that tends to happen around the holidays. So just having that discussion with people and sharing ideas of how we can be a bit more environmentally conscious moving forward into the holiday season. Um, and then there will be a talk by Kula Kitchen about reducing food waste in the kitchen and different cooking styles that use the most of ingredients, using food scraps, um, using ingredients that aren't packaged. We've got Dr. Uh, Matthew Negra, who will be talking about vegan nutrition and debunking some of the myths on, um, you know, the protein myths and talking as well about how to get all the required nutrients to thrive on a vegan diet. Um, and then we have a healthy beginning who will be showing people how to make like face scrubs and other body products from recycled coffee beans, like after you brew your coffee. Very cool. So you touched on this, but in our mindset for the holiday season as being a time for giving, but also traditionally meaning that there's a lot of wastage in that with the plastic packaging and tons of wrapping paper, purchasing flimsy products that are going to end up in the landfill and such. Can you speak to us a bit just now about how we can change that mindset when planning our holiday gift giving approach starting this year? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I would just recommend, first of all, for packaging, trying to use things that you already have around the house, whether it's fabrics or jars or baskets, um, so not necessarily needing to, like, go buy wrapping paper or gift 
um, bags to hide your package in. Um, other ideas for gift wrapping are like doing a scavenger hunt or just hiding it behind your back. That, that one's um, my then, favorite. You, you demoed that one to us last year. <laughs> the, the hiding Surprise! Your yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we don't need to have all this waste. Oh, I saw a recent um, stat, actually. It's 540,000 tons of gift wrapping in Canada alone that end up in the garbage after Christmas, and that's the equivalent weight of 100... So Tasha has cut out, so while I get her back on the line, um, why don't you speak to us, Sinead, about some of the ways you have implemented zero waste into your holiday season and beyond? Yeah, yeah, zero waste is um, is something that I am just starting to dig into now, whereas I, I went vegan over a decade ago, so when I think about zero waste, then I think of it, I think of... I think of how veganism must sound to a lot of people who are not familiar with that. You know, it seems really overwhelming, but then you have people like Tasha and events like this that actually, uh, yeah, there are lots of resources to show you what to do. So, um, so for me personally, I've, I'm spreading the word about the wrapping paper for for one thing. Yeah, going, you know, that's like, just that's just outrageous. The amount of waste involved with, I mean, the packaging of the of the products that people get, and then you're just you're just adding to it by by wrapping it with something that is just going to go in the garbage, and uh, and the recycling doesn't count. We need to be reducing our consumption. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I heard one of us say it on the show here before. It's not, it's not reduce, reuse, recycle. Like there's a reason for the order of those words, reduce, reuse, recycle. We have to be reducing first and then reusing and recycling is not something we can just count on. So really do consider just leaving the the wrapping paper. If you want to wrap it in something, use newspaper clippings or something and, uh, and me myself i'm looking forward to this market on the weekend because uh because there are lots of ways in yeah, just too. in day-to-day life in the kitchen that i'm just going how can i yeah toothbrushing for example and there's already there's this this toothpaste workshop at the at i've the been making my own toothpaste because of tasha since january 1st of this year so thank you for that tasha you're back on the line <laughs> You inspired me. Sorry about that. A a little opportunity to talk about electronic waste. I've had my phone for so many years that it really sucks and drops calls, and I'm just going to push through till the very (laughs) end. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have four minutes left, so let's keep moving on. Uh, Sinead, you have a question. Yeah. um, So I know that here in Vancouver, we have a zero waste community, and then we have a zero waste vegan community. So can you talk to us about why veganism inherently fits into the general zero waste lifestyle and uh, why they should go hand in hand when you're thinking of ways to make a light impact on the earth as a consumer? Absolutely. Yeah. So going vegan really opened my mind to more ethical living in general. And then from that kind of viewpoint, I was able to really resonate with zero waste when I came across it. Um, they are kind of separate communities, but I really um, see them coming together now. Um, and I think they're just both based on the exact same values, the same three core values, so environmental harmony, health, and animal rights. Um, so both like plastic pollution and um, pollution from the clothing industry and all the harm that comes with animal agriculture they kind of all have the same um, negative impacts on the world and all the beings who live on the planet. 
Right. And I think that when you open your mind to be conscious about your imprint on the planet and you want to move towards, say you're not vegan, but you want to move towards being more zero waste. Well, the veganism is just going to come next, I hope. And, it, and it's because of advocates like you in the city. You know, we have a zero waste Vancouver Facebook group and then we have the zero waste vegan <laughs> Vancouver Facebook group. Yeah. They should all be the same. It all goes hand in hand. It, people still do need to make the connection because I read about people on the other group talking about their meat eating and I really want to spend a half hour on there speaking about how wasteful the meat industry is just in terms of actual waste but I'd like to know do you have any last words for our listeners about the market this weekend perhaps you can give us the details and uh, being that it's zero waste what do people need to know and, and bring Totally. So the market is from 11 to 5 on Sunday at the Pace, which is at 520 Alexander Street. There's a suggested $2 uh, contribution to the event operation costs, uh, but no one would be turned away for lack of funds. Um, And then there will be uh, clothing recycling as well. So if you want to clear out your closets, um, I do upcycle clothing and then donate 50% to animal rights organizations. Um, So you can drop off any plain shirts or sweaters. There's a vegan apparel swap and shop making... Um, recycled vegan shirts more affordable to people so five dollars or just swap one in one out Um, and there will be tons of food and tons of products that you can fill up so bring your own jars plates containers um, and there's samples as well at the workshops the workshops are free yeah that's all you really need to know all the event information is on the facebook event page zero waste vegan holiday market um, or you can check out my Instagram at Peace People Project for more information. Yeah, for sure. And we have all that info on our website, animalvoices.org, and on our Facebook page and on our Instagram too. So thank you so much, Tasha, for joining us today for, and coming on the show to discuss with us the zero waste lifestyle. And I want to mention too that we had you in, in the studio for about a good hour last year to really go in depth into these issues about why zero waste and how. And so if people want to check out that interview, we are recycling that podcast in the name of zero waste go to animalvoices.org see these things live on and they're not filling the landfill their podcasts so very zero waste so go to animalvoices.org and just put in a search for zero waste and we actually have a few other shows about zero waste living as well and you'll hear our lengthy conversation with tasha there from last year so you've spoken to us about this vegan zero waste holiday market this season and how we can incorporate less waste and hopefully zero waste this holiday season and beyond to find more about tasha's work as a vegan zero waste advocate as she said go to peacepeopleproject.com on the web and on facebook and instagram you can also join the zero waste vegan vancouver group on facebook or a more local one to you if you're outside the area thank you again tasha for joining us on the show today and i look forward to attending the zero waste vegan holiday market this sunday see you there Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for all the great work that you guys do at Animal Voices. You are listening to Animal Voices on 100.5 FM CFRO on Vancouver Co-op Radio in Vancouver, Canada, unceded Coast Salish territories. And now for some news. You... uh, you might have heard this week that uh, Times Person of the Year has been, uh, Greta Thunberg <laughs> has been named Times yeah. Person of the Year, and uh, which is great for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, it, this is for her environmental activism, and she is she's 16 years old. She's the youngest person to ever get that um, award, and she's also vegan, and she's mm. 
vegan primarily for the well for ethical reasons and for the environment because she says you know we (laughs) yeah there's there's the phrase we have to act like our house is on fire because it is and given the impact that animal farming has on our planet then we need to recognize that and start acting like this is an emergency because because it is she's an eco warrior and only 16 years old Mm -hmm. so congratulations to Greta for receiving that honor Mm -hmm. and in in light of such I mean yeah if anybody's going oh well I mean why does she think that animal agriculture has such an impact you know well yet another study <laughs> like uh, yeah they come out all the time it seems like they but do. there there uh there was yet another call from scientists this week they this time saying that livestock production needs to reach its peak within the next decade in order to tackle the climate emergency so you know you've heard the phrase peak oil before and reaching peak oil and we can't expand the industry anymore that's what they're saying for animal farming um they are calling for governments in all but the poorest countries to set a date for peak meat because animal agriculture is a significant and fast-growing source of global greenhouse gas emissions. So um, the world's scientists agree that that huge amounts of carbon dioxide will have to be removed from the atmosphere to limit global heating. And uh, more than 80% of farmland is used for livestock, but it produces just... 18% of food calories. So reducing meat and dairy and eating plant-based diets instead would free up land to be Mm -hmm. returned to natural forest. And researchers say that this is the best option currently available for storing large amounts of carbon. So, I mean, yeah, this is this is just one thing after another. And um, if it's mind-blowing for you, or if you're just hearing this for the first time, right, um, we want to recommend for you to watch the documentary film Cowspiracy. It's really well done. It's, it's very accessible. Oh, it's on Netflix, too. And it will explain all these issues that you never knew before. It really is a cowspiracy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the authors of the letter, Professor... Matthew Betts at Oregon State University said, uh, food demand is expected to increase massively as our population expands toward 10 billion and reducing human demand for resource-intensive animal protein would considerably slow the rate of global forest loss with huge benefits for biodiversity and ecosystem services in addition to carbon storage. So basically plant-based diets are a win on so many levels and in fact scientists are now saying like just a few months ago we were saying on this show how 11,000 scientists signed a declaration urging governments and citizens to take all these actions and one of those actions was shifting to plant-based diets because we it might be only one small part of how we are going to save ourselves from the climate crisis but we will not survive the climate crisis Mm -hmm. without doing this one step and everyone has the power to do that if you're able to choose your food three times a day Go plant-based. Absolutely. Thanks for the news, Sinead. For today's feature interview, we have Kirsten Kaminsky on the show, who is otherwise known in the social media and webosphere as the Tasty K. Kirsten is the creator of the Tasty K blog and social media channels that feature her writing, photography, and videography on vegan cooking, sustainability, and travel insights. 
Her mouth-watering recipe videos and travel guides have amassed millions of views, steering a social media-savvy generation towards learning the joy of making vegan food. And now, just in time for the holiday season, Kirsten has authored a cookbook for the holidays entitled Vegan Holiday Cooking, 60 Meatless Dairy-Free Recipes Full of Festive Flavors. We are excited to present Kirsten on the show today to tell us about her new book, and her advocacy towards sustainable and delicious plant-based living. Hello, Kirsten, and welcome to the Animal Voices Show. Hey, Alison, thanks for having me. It's so lovely to have you here on the show. Your incredible-looking recipe videos have been showing up in my Facebook feeds for several years now, and I regularly share them to our followers on Animal Voices as well as just to my own friends to spread the inspiration of cooking delicious and colorful plant-based foods that help both the animals and the planet. But I had never known before until recently that the Tasty K is actually a person, and that's you. So it all makes sense now. It comes full circle. I thought it was just this wonderful brand with no face behind it, but we have your beautiful face behind it. But to start, I'm wondering if you can share with us your vegan story. That is, how did you come to discover plant-based eating and switch to a compassionate vegan lifestyle? Sure. So I went vegan about four years ago. I had like some periods before that where I you know, cut up some dairy. I think I haven't eaten meat in eight or 10 years, but before that it wasn't really, it wasn't an ethical decision, not until four years ago when it was actually Earthlings, the movie that turned me vegan. During that time I was studying in Israel, watched the movie and just overnight decided, I mean, I was already not eating meat anymore and dairy not really as well and just decided overnight okay that's it um don't want to be a part of that anymore and that's been four years since four years now and yeah (laughs) what what health benefits have you seen because i know you've seen some from going vegan the reasons before why i cut out dairy was health related i've been struggling uh, with i don't know weight gain weight loss binge eating all of these kind of things for years before that and i thought i don't know i I read a few books on health benefits but didn't again like the movie term me vegan it wasn't like any health related things but then through veganism i got more into nutrition and just you know researched more about a balanced diet and then just so many benefits came after that i lost a lot of weight just naturally like without having to think about it without having to diet or just this um, really stuck mindset in like excessive eating and binge eating or restricting just came naturally I was before actually while I was eating meat I always had an iron deficiency and now since four years my iron levels have been amazing my blood test every year has been great I don't have anything that's wrong I used I used to I don't know I had to every day literally take a nap because I couldn't make it through the day because I was so exhausted and just the iron deficiency and now I have so much more energy, so many health benefits as well that I've been seeing in these four years. That's wonderful. A lot of people get all these side benefits from just becoming really healthy when they go vegan, even if it might be for the animals or the environment, especially when it's for your health. So your new cookbook, Vegan Holiday Cooking, has recently come out and it's available for purchase now. I've had the pleasure of going through this beautiful book in the last several weeks and 
I tried out some of the recipes myself. So far, I've made the hearty shepherd's pie, the maple roasted Brussels sprouts with pear, and the spinach mushroom Alfredo lasagna. I have to say that this will be an ongoing project as there are 60 recipes here and I want to try them all. And what I've made so far has been absolutely delicious. That's why I want to keep going. So can you tell us more about your cookbook, please, and the types of recipes that you've put into it? Sure. So when I had the idea of making a cookbook, I thought very long and hard about which theme I wanted to make. And I thought, hey, what's the one occasion or the few occasions in a year where people come together, cook together, and it's usually holidays. So I thought, hey, vegans are struggling during holidays because, you know, usually not all of the family is vegan and then they either have to just suck it up and just be there and not have amazing food or... On the other hand, you also have uh, non-vegan families that always have to deal with food allergies, intolerances. Everyone's now gluten-free or has some sort of issues to deal with. So I thought, hey, it would be a great chance to combine for everyone, just offer like a great resource for the holidays uh, where everyone can enjoy. My biggest thing from the beginning was always to make it as inclusive as possible. That's why about two-thirds of the recipes are gluten-free because I know a lot of people are struggling struggling with that. Of course, all of the recipes are vegan, so people with like dairy intolerances or something will find amazing things in there. And I just, I don't know, I wanted to create like a really good resource for the holidays, for the major three holidays, um, you know, for everyone to enjoy so everyone can have this beautiful experience together. Yeah, and I want to ask you what some of your favorite recipes are in the book. What recipes in the book would you personally use to make the perfect Christmas holiday meal? Okay, if I would have to create now my perfect Christmas feast, I think I would start with an appetizer. I would probably make like a big spread with like several. I would start like with a nutty cheese ball, probably, then add like a few spreads like the black bean hummus and spinach avocado. Add some of the roasted mushrooms, just like something for everyone where everyone can enjoy. And then I would probably, depending on how big the feast would be, have like one or two centerpieces. Probably the mushroom wellington with oh, yeah. grape and maybe one of the other nut roasts or one of the, like the stuffed squash, something like that. And then just a bunch of side dishes. Probably go with the the maple roasted Brussels sprouts, some spiced apple cabbage, some yeah. some roasted veg, just a, bun, a lot of side dishes. And then for dessert, I would probably have to choose between the tiramisu or the... Oh. The chocolate mousse tart is also it's a big favorite. Okay, so those are among the lists of the ones that just come to the top of my mind that I want to make or I've actually started making. <laughs> I want to try the miso tahini roasted cauliflower, the vegan tiramisu, the chocolate yulog, the balsamic roasted beetroot salad with almond fat. I've already started because you had to make the cheese beforehand. The roasted acorn squash with quinoa, which looks just beautiful as a main piece and has stuffing in it. And, and they're so there's so much more so I just you know if our listeners want to get into this buy the book it's awesome it's so worth it so I just want to be clear for our listeners that you are the recipe developer of all of these amazing recipes that you showcase on your blog and social media the tasty K and I am always in awe of people like you who seem to just be genuinely talented with putting together ingredients and flavors in the most perfect and unique ways to create an 
outstanding dish or recipe. So I just want to pick your mind just a little bit since we have a genius mind right here. I want to explore how it is like, can you ex explain a little bit of the process that you go through to make an amazing dish, like a sweet potato and cauliflower casserole? Okay, to be honest, there's, I mean, I wasn't born a master chef either. I wasn't, I, I literally just started cooking when I turned vegan. I just got developed an interest more. Like, that was four years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I mean, so many things also have happened in those four years. And you, it's like learning a language. You start slowly and you just get so much better. And eventually you just get a feeling for what flavors work together, what textures or what different foods result in these kind of textures and consistencies. And you, you just learn as you go. And by now, it's funny when I look back at some of the first recipes I make, I'm almost like chuckling, smiling a bit. Why? <laughs> you just start, you start off like a bit more amateurish and now it's, it's a different level now I have a cookbook it's <laughs> four years have passed I've learned a lot but also I don't know inspiration wise I I travel a lot I, I, I always go to different places get a lot of uh, inspiration from traveling but the main inspiration is really next to my own holiday memories childhood memories where my mom used to make amazing dishes and I'm craving these dishes every year because they're so connected to my to these memories that I have like the cinnamon ice cream that's in the book is to be a favorite of mine for many years also the the casserole that you just talked about my mom used to make one and I just you know I took those dishes that I already knew I loved and just made the vegan version out of it it's hmm. not that difficult <laughs> like if you already yeah. have the set in your mind there's just certain ingredients that you need to replace and you of course also not every of my recipes work out I mean I there is a lot of you know trial and error but um eventually the best ones make it <laughs> yeah for sure and I just want to say too that your book do you think your book would be good for anywhere from a beginner to an advanced cook it is because I mean I make sure that I mean, people do cook a lot on holidays, but also not everyone has the same skill set. Some people, you know, they, especially when they're not so much into into vegan kitchen, they don't know exactly how things work exactly. So I made sure that you have very simple dishes, very easy dishes that are easy to follow, the instructions easy. To, you know, when you have some more advanced people that are already years cooking vegan or vegans yeah. themselves. So you find the whole the whole range there. So that's why I'm doing, I'm challenging myself with the Christmas Yule Log because I've made one of those before and they're a bit tricky to roll up. It's a bit tricky one. Yeah, okay, I can't wait to make that. So one of the themes of today's show happens to be zero waste living, which really goes in tangent with vegan living, but moving a step forward just to do a little bit better. I know that you're an advocate for zero waste living as well, and I wonder if we can briefly discuss the role of plastic on our planet and what tips can you provide our listeners for how to eat more sustainably with creating zero waste in mind? Sure. I mean, for me personally, if you care about the environment and if you care about animals, then plastic pollution is a topic that necessarily at some point will, you know, catch your attention. I'm far away from being completely zero waste, but I do have, I have done a lot of changes over the past few years. My bathroom is now, I think, 90% plastic free. A lot of items in my household, like in the kitchen, I would say as a tip, just start slowly. Don't try and do everything at once. Don't like, just because you, you want to do right now, throw away the plastic and then just buy new things. Like reuse what you have and then when you need new things, go for more sustainable alternatives. That starts from like um, swapping your normal toothbrush to like a bamboo toothbrush or just swapping your 
normal razor to like a safety razor. There's so many. It's really the biggest thing is just about making more conscious choices. There are the products out there. There are alternatives out there. So it's really just about making other choices and just being aware of things, being a bit more aware during your daily, you know, bring your own plastic bags, try and use, I don't know, wax wrappers instead of plastic bags for sandwiches, just small things. And then eventually you'll get better and better. And that would be my biggest tip. Like don't, don't over try and overdo it in the, in a small amount of time, just go step by step and do what's possible for you. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing myself for what it seems like years, but now that zero waste is actually like a thing, it's like a trend in Vancouver and I guess other parts of the world, I, I've just been more inspired because I have some friends who are zero waste and they're just really, it's really cool to see how they live in their lives and, and I naturally gravitate towards, you know, I if I don't take a bag to a store, I just come out of the store holding a holding an armful of apples and that's fine. Like it's fine. And they and they ask me, Do you need a bag? Well, I usually have my bags, but no, the the car's right there. I'm just gonna put all my stuff in. And I think if we can move to more of a mindset of being like, you don't always need to get a plastic bag or use them when you are, I just bought some of those mesh produce bags. These ones are are so nice and I've used them already and I'm so glad to have them because, you know, using those plastic bags for years and years and years in my whole life, like where does all that plastic go, right? It takes 500 to 1,000 years to decompose. So like when your grandchildren decide to have children, all the plastic you've used your whole life, every single plastic straw is still going to be on this planet. It's crazy to think about it like this. Yeah. It's just every, it's just so much. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is a lot about, you know, just doing simple things every day. And I mean, I don't know how it is in Canada, but at least here in Europe, they're like slowly but surely the laws are changing a bit, offering alternatives. They don't sell the plastic bags at the checkout anymore. Change is coming, but very slowly, and in time, we can, you know, try our best to, to do our part. So the city of Vancouver just announced that it's abolishing and banning plastic bags. Oh, good. In 2021, yes. though, so we have to wait. In the meantime, a lot of people are doing it already, but not everyone, so I can't wait until that happens. You know, it seems to me like you lead a very joyful life with developing and making all these beautiful recipes. How can you not? And then you're sharing them with the world. That would be a dream come true for me. So what is that like for you, knowing that you're having such a positive influence on getting people into the kitchen to create fantastic vegan food by way of your blog and videos you are providing the tools and the inspiration to have delightful recipe making be accessible it is very exciting and very fun i gotta admit i enjoy it a lot <laughs> to be honest it's still a bit surreal for me to just think about that when i make a recipe and i share it by the weekend i don't know how many people are going to be in their kitchen and going to make exactly this recipe and share it with their families it's just it's a very nice thought and you know it's food food brings joy to the people I, and it's supporting something really positive less cruelty and i i really like it also i i've been getting some really incredible messages over the years from people i think i don't know one really in particular stuck in mind with me and i got it from a mother that her son was autistic and a really picky eater and she wrote me that she made my vegan lasagna and he asked for a second plate and that was like is he that- never did 
that. And the lasagna was so good that he just he went for a second plate, and it's just it just warms my heart. It's just amazing to hear, and so many also just so many friends around me that over the years at first they're skeptical, then they you know. You're the tasty K. They should not be skeptical of you. They they get more into it, and now so many so many of my friends just tell me like, wow, I I made I'm either completely vegan or I just cut out dairy completely, and you've helped me so much, and just ask for advice, and I'm just happy I can help and you know yeah do my do my part. <laughs> and all people have to do is get on social media and, and see your beautiful recipes. And sometimes I'll post them and some of my friends will be like, I just made this. Thank you. Yeah. Like, because of you posting it, I just made it. I had yeah. all the ingredients. So I w- just want to point out that you have a lot of followers in the social media world. You have 381,000 followers on your Facebook page, which is at the Tasty K1, and 57.2 thousand Instagram followers. So you're the real thing. This is definitely <laughs> everyone get on Facebook and on Instagram, and I'll talk about your other social media channels but finally what last words do you have for our listeners and your fans for creating a lifestyle of colorful delicious and healthy food that feeds the people and also shows compassion and care for the planet and the animals for everyone that's not vegan yet be open-minded try (laughs) before before just being very against it um just be open-minded and um it's not as difficult as you might think it's really just in a lot of times just you know swapping one product for another you don't have to sacrifice taste one of my biggest thinking mistakes beforehand was always that i thought okay i'm like what am i missing now but since switching my diet it's never been about what am i missing it's always just what am i gaining so many new flavor combinations and yes that i never thought would go together or that you can make cheeses out of nuts like just sometimes I, I still find things out and I'm, my mind is constantly blown about what amazing things you can create in a, on a plant-based lifestyle. That applies to both within the vegan community and for everyone else. Just be kind to each other, <laughs> especially the animals. Be kind to yourself, be kind to the people around you, be kind to the animals, be compassionate and just try your best Yeah, to spread some more kindness. <laughs> and when you're eating joyful food like yours, because that's what I'd like to call it, it is it's colorful there's always nice music going to it and and it's a pleasure to watch it's basically it's a meditative experience to watch your recipes and then it makes the person go oh i have to make that like right now so so i just want to tell people that's all you really need is is to get onto kirsten's the tasty case social media so thank you so much kirsten kaminsky the creator of the outstanding recipe blog and social media channels called the Tasty K for joining us today to speak to us about your beautiful plant-based vegan food as featured in your new cookbook, Vegan Holiday Cooking. If you're looking for a beautiful new cookbook now for the holidays or really for any time of the year, I highly recommend getting the book. It's beautifully colored. The photographs are beautiful. Did you do all of the photography? Because you're <laughs> multi-talented, and <laughs> I highly recommend this book. It's available now for purchase. The recipes I've made so far have all been delicious, and you can find pictures and videos of them on our Instagram at Animal Voices Vancouver. Also, be sure to follow Kirsten on her social media networks too, where she can be found as the Tasty K on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Have a happy vegan holiday, Kirsten, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.
You've been listening to the Animal Voices Radio Show on 100.5 FM Co-op Radio in Vancouver, BC, Canada, Unceded Coast Salish Territories. Please join us on next week's show, Friday, December the 20th, when we'll feature an interview with York University primatologist Dr. Anne Russin, who is a lead script advisor on the new docu-soap series, Orangutan Jungle School. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. We also would like to connect with you online. Check out animalvoices.org to stream or download the show and find our show notes. The podcast is also available from iTunes and Google Play. Visit our Facebook page and Instagram, both at Animal Voices Vancouver. Let us know what you think about the show. Send us an email at radioanimalvoices at gmail.com to give us your feedback and ideas for interviews. And uh, you can also sign up on our Facebook page and our Twitter, Animal Voices YVR, for more updates. And uh, I'm posting an Instagram photo now. Allison is posting. I am learning this thing. <laughs> it's a learning curve, so I'm just getting it perfect. And then check out Animal Voices Vancouver on Instagram in a few minutes. Yes, indeed. And to close the show, we are leaving you with a festive piece of music played by me. This is my band, the 15th Field Band, playing Good Swing Wenceslas. Thank you so much for joining us on Animal Voices today, and remember to be kind to the animals. Thank you.